0: to be speaking uh, from a subject on today uh, entitled three strikes and you're out can you repeat that after me three strikes and you're out out. Amen. that's what we're going to be talking about on today amen and uh, by way of introduction we're going to be talking about the fact that uh, in our churches there is a real problem. In many of our churches today, and uh, that problem is that you have people that attend church, they listen uh, to sermons, they join the church, Amen, and uh, but they are never. Uh, ever radically or dramatically changed. They just joined the church. They just attended the church with no real change. They have religion, but they never have had an encounter with God. Uh, Many churches today are filled with people that are in many instances just baptized pagans. Uh, I use the analogy that they've been vaccinated. You know how, when you get a vaccination, they give you a weakened strain of the uh, virus, or the, or the, you know, they give a dead strain of it, and so they build up an immunity. And so they've been vaccinated with a mild form of Christianity, but they've never really caught. The genuine uh, matter of, you know, just enough to be religious, if you get what I'm saying. Amen. And so even sometimes there are churches that are full of people, but the people are empty when it comes to the Spirit. They come and they go through the motions, they try to live an outwardly good life, But they have never really found uh, a new life that was promised by Christ. They've never been truly born again. Now, with that in mind, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that is found in the book of Mark, the 10th chapter. And we'll begin reading at the 17th verse. And... As I said, my subject today is three strikes and drought. And uh, that subject will make sense to you when we get to the end of the message on today. Amen. Mark 10, beginning at verse 17. Reading from the New King James Version, it says there, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running and knelt before him. Asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teach all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come and take up the cross and follow me.
1: But he was sad at
0: at this word. And went away. He walked away from Jesus. Went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said to them, Children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, but with God. For with God all things." We're still talking about... Uh, Three strikes and you're out. And we read in Mark 10 a familiar passage uh, relating to what is known as the rich young ruler. And I believe that this passage of Scripture is in the Bible uh, for a reason. Uh, Not just only to relate the incident, but also as a cautionary tale. And I'll uh, elaborate and I'll tell you why I believe that uh, this is a cautionary tale for uh, all of us. And uh, my first point uh, is that proud men, at their best, are sinners at their worst. Amen. I have that point up there, but it's uh, it's not going to show I want you to say that with me. Proud men at their best best. are sinners sinners. at at their worst. Proud men at their best are sinners at their worst. I want you to think about that. And when we think about this young man who came to Jesus... This man had some good qualities. This young man uh, had some good qualities, yes. and uh, uh, I'd like to enumerate it at least uh, about six of them. Uh, he had some good qualities, and and and, uh, but being good, having good qualities, does not guarantee that you're going to make it to heaven. No. Y'all hear what I said? No. See, that's the lesson that needs to be taught. That's the lesson, and why. This incident in this young man's life is being communicated in the scripture. He had some good qualities. The first quality that I identified that amen about this young man is he was he had he was enthusiastic. He was enthusiastic. The Bible says that amen. He came to Jesus running. Y'all see that? He came running to Jesus. Amen. He was full of strength. He was. Full of uh, 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 the vigor of youth. Amen. Uh, and 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 that's one thing, amen, uh, that you can admire when people have some life about. It. Amen. So he was enthusiastic. He came running to Jesus. Some folk, amen, now some of us are just a little tired. And some of us, amen, uh, you know, we might be moving a little slow. And, it, 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 and if you see me moving a little slower down. Walking a the law awkward. It ain't because I lost my enthusiasm. It's just I put on, amen, uh, uh, you know, time has taken its toll. Amen. But uh, uh, I'm I'm still, amen, enthusiastic about the things of God. So that was a good thing that he had going for him. This young man was enthusiastic. And not only was he enthusiastic, but he was humble. He was humble. When he came up to Jesus, the Bible said he knelt down before him. Amen. He was humble. Amen. He knelt before Jesus. Jesus was the prophet from Galilee. Jesus, amen, uh, didn't come from a wealthy family, a big house. Amen. This man was a rich ruler, he had position, he had possession. He had power. He had prestige. Amen. And he had it all at a young age. But he also had good manners. And so he, amen, knelt down at the feet of Jesus. Not only was he enthusiastic and humble, but he was also discerning. Say that with me, discerning. Amen. What I mean by that, amen, he was discerning because he knew that there was something about Jesus that was different than the scribes and the Pharisees. He was discerning. He 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 had a good gauge, a good, amen, spiritual gauge when it comes to who's real and who's not real. Hallelujah. Sound pretty good, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Amen. So, here he is. He's enthusiastic. He's humble. He's discerning. Amen. Uh, uh, He knew that there was something special about Jesus. And the fourth thing is that he was spiritually minded. Amen. He was spiritually minded. He had his mind on spiritual things. He didn't come saying, what can I do to uh, 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 increase my power? He didn't, amen, but he said, amen, what, what, what must I do to gain eternal life? He was spiritually minded. Hallelujah. Then not only was he spiritually minded, but he was, amen, morally clean. He was morally clean because when Jesus brought up the subject of the commandments, he said, Oh, those I kept those from my youth. Now, unless he was lying, if he was being truthful, then he was morally clean. Hallelujah. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And so here he is coming to Jesus. Amen. What did we say? He was enthusiastic. He was humble. He was discerning. Amen. He was spiritually minded. He was morally clean. And he was successful. He was successful. At an early age. Said he was a rich, young ruler. You know, with those characteristics that I just described, some of y'all that were single, some of the women that were single, you sound like good marriage material, <laughs> Hallelujah. All of that working for him. But what Jesus had to say back to him uh, shocked him. What Jesus said to him was, Why callest thou me good? There's only one good, and that's God. And so I want to talk about what Jesus taught him. And what Jesus taught him, uh, Jesus did not praise him. Jesus did not pet him. Jesus did not flatter him fact, it might seem like Jesus taught, uh, uh, treated him a little rough. But Jesus got right down to the point. Yeah. Yeah. And what I mean by that when I say Jesus got right down t- uh, uh, to the point with him. Uh, Jesus first says to him, there is no one who is good but one. And that's God. And so what Jesus communicated to the young ruler was that he himself was not good. When I say he himself, I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the ruler. See, everything that I mentioned about him, probably everybody that would uh, uh, converse with him probably would praise him and puff him up and tell him, You're a good young man. Amen. You're doing really good. You're, you know... And, 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 and sometimes uh, 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 we get a lot of praise and people puff us up and blow us up. Amen. But what we really need is somebody to tell us where we really stand. Compared to what? Compared to what? So Jesus communicates two things. There's only one that's good. One person that's good. And that one person is God. And you're not good. And I'll explain how Jesus communicated to him that he was not good. And the second thing that Jesus taught him, Jesus taught him that Jesus himself was God. Amen. There's only one who's good. And that's God. And you're talking to him. Amen. The good you see in me, that's God. Amen. And and I'm representing God on the earth. And you know what? The definition of what's good, amen. When you want to talk about defining what's good, you've got to go to God. Oh, does anybody hear what I'm saying? God is the ultimate definer of what's good. And, 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 and ultimately, everything that's good emanates from God. There's only one who's good. Right. Amen. And that's God. Right. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Right. And you know what? We, we, we need to see ourselves, amen, uh, uh, in that uh, 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 equation. We need to see ourselves and recognize that there's any good that's in us. Right. Amen. Uh, it's God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus taught him two things. Amen. Now how did he teach him that he was not good? Well, the first thing that Jesus does, amen, is that uh, Jesus brings up the commandments. And Jesus brought the commandments up for a reason. He said, uh, you know the commandments? And he begins to quote some of the commandments. And the young man says, oh yeah, those. I've done those. I kept them from my youth. Now, when Jesus brings up the subject of the commandments, Jesus does not bring that up to imply that keeping the commandments is going to get you into heaven. That's That's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus brings up the commandments because uh, he's getting ready to do surgery. And so the young man said, oh yeah, I got those covered. I've I, 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 I known them from my youth and i kept them from my youth. And you know what? It's real easy to confess something and not possess something. And so the young man is still pretty confident. Oh yeah, I got that covered. And so... Uh, And the reason that Jesus is bringing up God's law, God's perfect law will condemn a man's sinful pride. Amen. The reason for the law, the law does not save. What the law does is the law shows us up for what we really are. The law exposes our Uh, 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 undoneness the law Uh, 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 you know it it talks about man, the law not being able to say but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ and so Jesus brings up the commandments and the young man said oh yeah I kept all of those and then Jesus said but you're lacking something you're lacking one thing Go and sell what you have. Give it to the poor. Take up the cross and follow me. Now, before that, the Bible said Jesus loved him. Jesus looked on him and he loved him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He loved him. And what Jesus did, like a skillful surgeon, he took the scaffold of the word of God and he went right to the heart of the matter what the problem was. Young man said, what uh, do I lack? What, what, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus went right to the heart of the matter. Sell what you have. Give to the poor. Take up the cross and follow me. When Jesus went right to the heart of the matter, the heart of the matter, was that uh, he trusted in his wealth. His wealth was more important than his relationship with God. What The, the possessions that he had, had him. And he was committing. Anything that you put ahead of God is an idol. Anybody listening to me? Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I say anything that you put ahead of God is an item. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and 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 he had great possessions and and, and he was used to uh, the style of living and the, the quality of life that he had and and, and 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 he trusted in that to the point that when Jesus went right to the heart of the matter and said, Sell what you have. Give it to the poor. You know, there are some commandments that talk about, in the Word of God, uh, that talk about uh, uh, giving to the poor. Remember, he said, oh yeah, all those I kept. But when Jesus went to the heart of the matter, he exposed, number one, he didn't really care about the poor either. That that, that didn't sit well, sell what you have, give to the poor, follow me. Uh Take up the cross and follow me. Hallelujah. And so, uh, what Jesus disposed was that he wasn't really a good commandment keeper. The young man had a superficial knowledge of the law. When Jesus said, do you know the commandments? He said, well, yeah, i kept them from my youth. But you know the Bible in Romans 7 and 14 say the law is spiritual. And that in everything that you do in the material or outwardly, it might look alright. You know, there's some stuff that, amen, to us it looks alright. But the law of God is spiritual. And there's a different there's a different viewpoint, a different perspective, amen, from spiritual when you have a spiritual perspective versus a natural perspective. That's why the Bible said there's a way that seems right to a man. But the end of it is the way of death. Amen. Uh, The commandment said, thou shalt not commit adultery. When Jesus began to expound on the commandments, Jesus went a little further and he said, amen, if you look on a woman to lust after her, you've already committed adultery in your heart. Difference in perspective. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible said in Exodus twenty seventeen, Thou shalt not covet. Yet this young ruler was covetous. This man had an idol in his life. His God was his goal. His creed was greed. And what we see in that when he said he had kept the whole law, actually... Amen. He had broken the whole law. There was on one occasion that a lawyer came to Jesus and said to him, uh, What is the first and great commandment? And Jesus said, To love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second is like unto the first and love your neighbor as yourself. It's found in Matthew 22 37 through 39. Love your neighbor yes. as yourself. And what Jesus said in that sentence, what Jesus did was he summed up the entire Ten Commandments with those two statements Amen. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor. As yourself, Jesus said, well, "All, all the law and the prophets. That, that, that if you if you do that, you you, you fulfilled all of the law and the prophets." Yeah. So when the rich ruler says to Jesus, "I'm a commandment keeper," Amen. And Jesus says, "Sell what you have and give to the poor and follow me," Amen. And he wasn't willing to do it. Number one, he loved his money more than he loved God. Number two, he loved his money more than he loved his neighbor. Do you see what we're talking about there? And as I said again, and I'll I, I reiterate it, uh, no, no one is going to be able to keep the commandments and, and, and be perfect in it. Not, not, not any of us. The third point that we want to consider, amen, is that no man can serve two masters. He must serve one. That young man had an idol with his wealth. He trusted in his riches. And it owned him. It owned him. And so what Jesus asked him to do, he was unwilling to do it. He couldn't do it. Because he was already committed to a level master. I, wanna, I want you to ponder this for a moment and ask this question. What owns you? I believe it was uh, Bob, I believe, uh, Bob Dylan or one of the uh, uh, singers. Uh, not Lennon, but one of them came out with, you going to serve somebody. It may be God, it may be something else, but you're going to serve somebody. Amen. No man can serve two masters, but he must serve one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can't have two masters. Amen. Jesus said it's impossible. It's impossible. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus saw some good in it. Because the Bible said he loved him, yes. he saw something admirable. He saw something, and 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 and, and, and he loved him. Yes. And 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 I believe that this young man's story is in the Bible, Amen. Because uh, in his estimation, he was good. In in that young man's estimation. He was living a good life. He was doing pretty good. He, he, he was better than a whole lot of others around him. And and and, and uh I want to make a point here and, and, and I want to try to communicate with us. You know, I believe the enemy I believe one of the worst enemies when it comes to Men and women, boys and girls, not being saved. I don't believe the worst enemy is drug addiction. I don't believe the worst enemy is uh, uh, alcoholism. I don't believe that the worst enemy for folk not being saved uh, uh, is uh, uh, sexual impurity. Amen. It's up there, but it's not the worst. And you're gonna be surprised what I'm gonna say I think is the worst. I believe the worst enemy when it comes to people not being saved is good. Come on now. Good. People who in their own estimation say, Oh, I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm not cheating on my wife. Uh, I, I take my taxes. If somebody loses a wallet and, 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 and I find it and I see their name in it, amen, I won't steal their money. I'll call them up and and, and tell them, I found your wallet and I'll return them to them. I'm talking about good. Good. Morally good. I believe that good is the worst enemy that keeps folk from acknowledging their sin and need for a savior so that they can be saved. And there are more people that are gonna go to hell thinking that they're good. Come on now, Pastor. There, there's some folk that are out there, the, the, the wine always says. Amen. He'll tell you, he said, say, I, I, I know I need to give this Bible up. I, I know it ain't doing me any good. Amen. Uh, uh, there are folks that are doing, living a sinful lifestyle, and and, and and they'll make a joke about it and say, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to hell, but when we get to hell, we're going to have a party because all my friends are going to be there. Got news for you, there ain't no parties in hell. But, but the worst, the, the, the worst enemy is good because people will think that I'm good enough. And, 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 and when I stand before God, they, they, they think it's like this. You've got to scale. And if your good works outweigh your bad works, then he ought to let you in. But I'm here to tell you, amen, this is not you get in by good works salvation. Three strikes and you out. If we think we're good, it keeps us from getting to the point to realizing that we need to repent. And true repentance is not being sorry you got caught. True repentance is realizing that I transgress the laws of God, and 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 and. and and if God would judge me, amen, uh, 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 I, I'm not right. And, and repentance is a change of mind. Where your mind agrees with God, and when you change your mind, it changes your lifestyle. There are reasons that, that there's some folks that their lifestyle have not changed because they think they're good. My, 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 Hallelujah. And this passage of Scripture is recorded in the Bible, not just only to tell what happened to the rich ruler. This passage of Scripture is in the Bible as a warning to all of the good Jesus be Lord of your life. Yeah. Amen. I don't know what's what owns you, but whatever it is that owns you, if it ain't God, you need to get rid of it. Lord. Take up the cross and follow Jesus. And and this young man's life serves as a warning. You see, we won't be able to get to heaven and stand before God and say, God, we didn't know. He's going to say, didn't you read what I said to the young ruler? When you saw what I said to him, that ought to have been warning enough. Whatever master a man chooses will master that man. Remember I said you can't serve two masters. But you're going to serve somebody. Yes. And, and and whatever it is that you choose, whatever master a man or woman chooses, that's what's going to master him. One thing thou lackest. Sell whatever thou hast, give to the poor. That is, forsake your old master. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and take up the cross and follow me. Now we talked about repentance. I talked about repentance and the need and how that our good keeps us from acknowledging the fact that we need to repent. Amen. But then after repentance, amen, uh, There needs to be faith. There needs to be faith. When you turn from your sins and you turn to Jesus, Amen, uh, you come to Him by faith. And notice Jesus, Jesus said you're going to have treasure in heaven. Amen. It's not that He, 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 He wants you to be broke, but He says you're going to have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. So the question is, is Jesus Lord of our life? Is Jesus really Lord of our life? You see, our eternal destiny depends on it. Hallelujah. Almost done. Let me get to, so you can understand my subject. What, what did I say my subject was? Three Stripes. Three Stripes and you're out. Mm -hmm. Now, three strikes in the out applies to uh, a game of baseball, softball. Mm -hmm. Some of us have been on some softball teams where uh, when we came up to bat in the softball team, uh, we already had a strike against us. Mm -hmm. And so you only had really two strikes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most of you that I'm looking at right now, in the subject that I'm talking about three strikes in the out, I'm here to tell you that uh, you've already lost a strike, so you only really have two. And in actuality, when I explain what the strikes are, you'll you'll, you'll see that really you only got one. Three strikes in the eye. What do what, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, your first strike, if you want to get to heaven, on your first strike. The only way you're going to get to heaven is if you die before the age of accountability. Y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about there? When a baby, and and it's sad to say, but amen, we have children that uh, 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 sickness and disease is a result of a fall, a result of sin. And, and, and there are children that are sick. It'll break your heart. Amen. Uh, I'm not saying anything that I mean, anybody that's worked in a hospital. Anybody ever went to a children's hospital? Up on a children's ward? I know you've worked there. When you see the condition of some of those babies, it will break your heart. It'll break your heart. And, 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 and children, babies die. And, and when a, a child or a baby dies before the age... Of accountability, They go to heaven. They, they, they go to heaven. Amen. The Father welcomes them. Amen. Before the age of accountability. Now somebody might say, well what is the age of accountability? Well, I believe that the age of accountability is different for different children. Some have said, you know, the age of accountability, might be 12 years old. Well, for some, I believe 12 is not a number. It's it's the awareness that the child has. And and, and I want to caution this uh, to some of my parents. You see, uh, when children are small, uh, it's real easy. You know, you you can teach them Bible stories and, and what have you, and you can ask them questions. Do you love Jesus? And they say, oh, yeah, I love Jesus. Do you love God? Oh, yeah, I love God. And, and, you know, and we teach them Bible stories and stuff, and we think that uh, because they give the right answer to the questions that we ask, that uh, they're ready to be baptized. Amen. I want to caution parents. Amen. Uh, uh, And and don't get me wrong. Teach them Bible stories. Teach them about God. Teach them the Word of God. Teach them. Give an example of prayer. Amen. But but, uh, recognize this. If you ask that same child, amen, do they love Barney? Oh, yeah, I love Barney. You know, they sing Barney. You understand? They're a child. you right they'll, they'll love, you ask them, do they love, they, 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 they tell you they love somebody, anything. So that does not mean that they are spiritually aware or, or, or have the understanding. And and so, uh, what is the age of accountability? The age of accountability is when a child gets to the part to where they realize that they are a sinner. And that they need to repent for their sins. Y'all get what I'm saying there? And so, we train them and, and be good examples for Amen. But uh, uh, until they reach the age of accountability, you're that spiritual cover. You're that spiritual cover. That's why when we have communion and we come around, I tell them, give them, give them one of the crackers. Let them, amen. You keep them covered, Mom. You keep them covered, Dad. You're that spiritual cover. You train them, teach them what it's about. Amen. Uh, uh, I'm not worried about drinking some of the Jews. I'm not worried about eating a cracker. You're keeping the color. Amen. But once they get past the age of accountability, where they know right from wrong, and they start doing stuff, you have to say, okay, you know, you're going to church, but when communion comes around, you know where you've been acting. You know what you've been doing. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't mess with that cup if I were you. (laughs) Let me get back. I said three strikes in the hour. When I look around, the majority of us in this room, that strike then already is gone. We're past the age of accountability. Strike one. What's strike two? Strike two is... uh, The only way you're going to get to heaven is if you keep the commandments perfectly. You've got to be able to stand before God and not lie. Because a liar won't tarry in his sight. And say to God, God, I have kept your law perfectly. And I'm telling you, that strike is gone too. Because the Bible says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The law is spiritual. And we're born. Paul had a whole chapter, uh, I believe that's about Romans, the 7th the chapter maybe. Amen. Uh, where uh, and, and, and I don't have time to get into it today. But if you read that 7th chapter of the book of Romans... Uh, he talks about, oh wretched man, that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? When I would to do good, the evil is always with me. Yes. Then I find the law in my members. You, you, you get it and read it. But he talks about the battle, amen, with, with, with trying to do the right thing in a wicked world. Yes. And so strike number two is keeping the commandments. Amen. Perfectly. And none of us can do it. So, strike two. I remember a little girl that used to go to Bethel. She's a grown woman now. Amen. Uh, some of you from Eagle Park will know who I'm talking about. you remember Wanda Wiley? Some of y'all remember Wanda Wiley? I remember when she was a little girl and we were having a conversation in church or something was coming up. I don't know if it's a question. But when she was a little girl, she said, well, when I stand before God, I'm gonna explain it to Him. I'm gonna explain it. You know, kind of like Lucy show where uh, is saying, "You got some explaining to do." Let me in on it. Let me let you in on it. You ain't gonna be able to explain it to Him. So, what's strike number three? Well, strike number three. Is the same thing that Jesus told the rich ruler. You can come and follow me. Take up the cross, come and follow me. That's the only way to be saved. You all hear? That's the only way to be saved. And 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 if you miss that, three stripes. You're out. Did you get anything from the Word today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's not strike out. Amen. Amen. Let's not make the mistake to think that just because we say we're good, that good is good enough. Jesus said, our self-righteousness is as filthy rags before the Lord. Hallelujah.